This is another special quick hit episode of Pro Football Network's premier fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. As most of you know, these are shorter, deeper dives into fantasy analysis on a player subject, about five minutes long. And uh, today I want to talk about Marcus Valdez-Scantling. There's always an angle with every player, right? And uh, sometimes these players have very wide ranges of potential production going into a season sometimes it's more narrow and sometimes the very narrow range surprises us because it was too narrow <laughs> sometimes players vastly disappoint uh, other times players vastly outperform expectations stefan diggs going into the uh what was the 2020 season or 2019 season he was a uh, uh, 24th best uh fantasy uh wide out in ppr uh, then he goes from Minnesota to Buffalo. No one knows how he's going to adjust. Um, and so what's his preseason consensus average draft position? 27th. People basically felt that there would be a drop-off because Josh Allen represented, going into the 2020 season, a potential drop-off. Believe it or not, that's what people felt back then. It sounds ridiculous now, but back then it made sense to a lot of people. And Stefan Diggs finished that season as the third best fantasy wideout. He far exceeded expectations, even though he had a pretty narrow gap of what people expected from him that year. There was a sense that he could be a WR2, WR3, but probably not be the same kind of dominant guy that he was in Minnesota. Sure enough, he was more dominant than ever. Now we've got Marcus Valdez-Scantling, very different uh, performer, uh, very different talent, uh, and uh, entirely different situation in the sense that he's not going to Kansas City uh, to be their number one. They signed him to be part of a mix of Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Hardman, and whoever else they can gather together. So this is not the same thing, and yet there are things we can learn about the Stefan Diggs story that we can take with us about Marcus Valdez-Scantling. We can ask ourselves, do these skills that MVS, as we'll call him in this, uh, bring to the table in Kansas City that make him uniquely valuable in that situation versus in Green Bay. He was injury prone in Green Bay. We saw that maybe across a full season. Uh, He could have been more dominant. Um, The fact is, this is a guy who uh, I think was a fifth or sixth round pick, um, was not expected to be uh, a, a dominant part of the, at the time, uh, you know, uh, Devonte Adams in his prime Randall Cobb, uh, kind of, uh, a component MVS was going to be a tertiary player. Uh, he came on the scene in 2018, only months after the Packers cut Jordy Nelson. Um, but again, the, the, the thing about MVS, what brought him into prominence was largely the fact that Cobb kept getting hurt and the Packers lacked a true number two. And so we saw MVS, despite dropping 13 passes on 192 targets in his first thir- first three seasons, and he has a sub-50% catch rate for his career. Despite that, he led all receivers in 2020 with 20.9 yards per reception. Nine of his 14 career touchdowns have come from 40-plus yards out. If he has the right quarterback, if he stays healthy, he can be a big play receiver in a high-powered offense. He'd gone to Jacksonville, might have been trouble. 
um, or at least the Jacksonville that we think of with 2021. If he'd gone to various other teams, he might not have had the flash. In Kansas City, it's an interesting scenario. There are going to be a lot of people, I think, who don't know where to place MVS in their rankings. Does he come in front of Juju or is he behind Juju? Uh, is he top 40 or do we not even think about him as top 40 because he's third or fourth on the pecking order? Uh, MVS is this fascinating figure who has stepped up as a big time, uh, big play receiver who is also highly unpredictable in terms of his durability and in terms of up until last year, his drops. And so uh, I am looking at him going to a new team where there's going to be value. The question is, where is he going to be ranked? This is true for every player we talk about. Um, it's always about where they're ranked. I am sensing that MVS is going to be ranked outside the top 40. I don't think people are going to really uh, uh, give him a chance to thrive. The Chiefs did sign him uh, to a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, and, uh, and you know, that's real money. Uh, that's not uh, taking a chance on someone. And it could have been an overreaction to losing Tyreek Hill. Uh, but at the same time, the expectation is MVS is going to play a pretty solid role getting passes thrown by one of the best quarterbacks in the game uh, in one of the best offenses in the league. I don't care that Tyreek Hill left. It's still one of the best offenses in the game until they show otherwise. And so MVS could be an 800-yard, seven-touchdown guy. And if that's the case, don't you think he's top 40? Um, I think he is. He may not catch more than 50 balls, but this is the kind of offense he needed to go to to remain fantasy relevant. Again, I'm BJ Rudell, Pro Football Network. Find us at profootballnetwork.com. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.